This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kick off NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today. Get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. All you got to do is place your first $5 bet. Sign up with promo code 2400 to get in on the action, and then you can turn game day into payday all season long. And the best part, take that 150 in free bets. There's big games every weekend, ones you'll have big opinions on, and you can get on your way. Play your way. Bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You name it. FanDuel's got more markets than anybody. You can even combine your bets for a chance of a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code 2400. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and up in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued non withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms. Sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast, Vikings beat the Commanders 20-17, instant reaction time with Logan Paulson. I'm Craig Hoffman and Logan, yikes, Commanders have a really nice second and third quarter come back uh, and then ultimately the first quarter where they give up a ridiculously easy uh, first drive for Minnesota and then basically the game turns on that fourth quarter interception early fourth quarter from Taylor Heineke they ultimately go down 20 to 17 and you know this is a game where I come out of it my initial gut reaction is like wow this is this is not a well-coached football team and very specifically there's a lot of coaching gaffes in this one whether it's large strategic errors or more game management stuff that I think really hurt the team in this game that's my big takeaway what do you take uh, out of this game and then we can dive into some of the details yeah I mean I think obviously at the end of the game there you want to manage that situation a little bit differently but I do think that it comes down to you know quite frankly the turnover at the end of the game like as much as you want to make it about this and we'll talk about some of that stuff in more detail coming up here but I do think when you look at this game you say to yourself 
like that's that's where it turns. I think the defense did an outstanding job. I mean, they did they deserve a ton of credit. Um, you know, keeping them off the scoreboard the way they did. And, you know, if you told me that Minnesota scores 20 points, I think, man, there's a good shot we win this football game. And, again, it comes back to me to the offensive inconsistency. I think you just said they were third of 10 on uh, – three of 10 on yep. third down. And that's been a constant theme throughout the season. And um, that's something that definitely needs to improve. And I just think when you look at the team, I think you feel like this defense can win you football games with a little bit of support from the offense. And that has not been the case um, – you know, really, this even in even during even throughout the three game winning streak, it's been the defense, the defense, the defense. So, um, I don't know that that's kind of my thought, and maybe that's my bias as an offensive player. So, I will even to an extent put the interception on the coaching staff, and here's why. And I have the tweet to back it up. Uh, the Vikings get a field goal, so Washington scores uh, 17 7. Uh, the Vikings come back and make it 17 10. And I know that at that point, Heineke's feeling himself, right? Like you've ridden the roller coaster. You're at the very top. And I, I tweeted out, so I have the evidence that this is what I thought at the time. You've got to be conservative here. Be conservative with your play calling because the best way for Minnesota to get back in this game is for you to turn the football over and give them something easy, whether it's a pick six, whether it's a short field. And sure enough, they come out throwing. And I know that you struggle <laughs> to run the football, um, but you come out and, and it is run on first down, uh, pass, pass. Uh, you get a, a bad run uh, by Gibson, so you're in second 11. And then Heineke stands back there, pats the ball a bunch, and, and throws over the middle uh, right to Harrison Smith. And I just think with the way your defense is playing in that moment, as Rivera as a head coach has got to get on the headset and be like, Scott, let's take it easy here. I want some, well, let's run the football, let's bleed some clock. Let's slow this game down. Let's try to minimize the number of possessions left. And Scott Turner is an offensive coordinator. Also knowing his guy and Taylor Heineke, um, I know they trust him with a lot of stuff, but part of the equation with him is he's going to turn the football over, and he hadn't done it yet. And at that point, you're kind of working against a ticking time bomb. Don't let the thing explode. And to me, that's just bad clock management, bad situational management, however you want to put it, to know that your defense is playing lights out and that you need to be able to live with the fact that you have one of the best punters in the NFL that's consistently dragging the other team inside the 10 to start drives. And the fact yeah. that they give away that that interception there, to me, that's just like, why are you even putting Taylor in that that position in the first place? How much time was left on the clock when they threw the pick? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, it was with 7.56 to go in the game. Yeah, so I mean, I think my thought there, is you need to score probably another – you need to have another score there if you're going to win that football game. I think, you know, we've talked about on the pregame show how good Minnesota is in those, um, you know, end-of-game situations. And I don't hate the call there. I don't think that's a tough throw. I don't think – I think you get a good matchup there. Uh, Logan Thomas's defender has outside leverage, little double stick at the top. That ball should be right on his numbers. Harrison Smith is working through the offensive player and the ball just kind of sails on him. So, I mean, I understand wanting to be conservative. I understand wanting to punt. I understand your defense has been playing well, but I, I mean, I'm not going to fault the play call probably because I would have made a similar call there. You know, I think like it's second and 11. I'm okay. You need as much as people want to slow the game down. If you give, you're going to give them another possession. You're going to go three and out on that drive. You run the ball again. It's third and 10, right? You punt it back, and they have right. six minutes, six and a half minutes to kind of work down that, the field at and that score. Point, they have to score a touchdown, right? And so, to, if if they 
do come down and do that, it's a tie game and you get the ball back. Your, your offense has had a chance to rest and recoup a little bit. But to me there, like I want them to have to earn that touchdown over the course of 85, 90 yards, as opposed to Harrison Smith returns the ball to the 15 yard line. Like I trust my defense to at the very least push it so that maybe we, they do get that touchdown, but then we get the ball back with two minutes left. And then mm-hmm. Taylor has to go out down and kick a field goal. And, I think, I think this and, is and that situation. I like better than, than what happened. I think this is like, and I think this is like a very like fan analyst situation that we're doing, right? Obviously, like we don't know the outcome of the other situation. We know the outcome of this situation. We know the outcome of this situation was bad, but I don't think the play call. I don't think the decision is bad. I don't. I I, I don't. I mean, what was the score at the time? It was like they were down seventeen ten. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think it's bad. I think given Minnesota's history in the fourth quarter this season. I think you want to possess the football as long as you can. And everyone thinks four-minute offense is slowing the game down. It's really possessing the football. Look at the great four-minute teams in the NFL. That four-minute just kind of describing a situation where you need to hold the football. They throw in those situations. They 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 convert first downs. And I understand, like, you know, there's a lot of variance in Heineke's uh, play um, over the course of this game. But I, I look at that and I say to myself, like, I like the call. It's a conservative throw. Like, it's right. If you go, if you watch the the replay of the game, I'm su- sure some people have the game recorded. Like it should be a completed pass. Like there's, and I and I I, think- I hear you. Like it should be, but that's part of the calculation. I and again, this isn't second guessing for me. I said this at the time. That's part of my calculation with Heineke. He had like he's super emotional. So, he's into it. I, to me, I'm going. This dude's about to throw a pick. That's just how it is. So I think that's I, I, I again. I think it's just one of those things where people. I know you said at the time, but I think that's being overly conservative for you as well. I think if you want to win this game, if you want to win this game, you need to convert a first down. You need to possess the football a little longer than you did before you give the ball back to them. And I think, again, obviously the result is terrible and it's the, and it's quite frankly, the reason they lose the game. And I think, um, you know, obviously like they're kind of, you got away with some stuff early, you know, the touchdown of Curtis is like a miracle should have been a pick. Right. All that kind of stuff. And you can feel that level of variance, but and they got bailed out earlier in the game with some penalties by Minnesota. I totally get that as well. But I, I just, I mean, maybe that's if I if I'm calling the game, I'm trying to get a conversion there. I, and 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 if it involves me throwing the football, like I'm going to do it. Like there's a reason. Like you can't you can't turtle up there. I've seen I've I've been a part of too many teams where you go turtle there, you punt and you lose the game. You give the ball back to a solid offense with six minutes left in the game, like they're going to score a touchdown. I mean, and maybe the history, the precedent of the game up to that point says no, but it's just, it's so, it's such a big ask for your defense at that point. You know what I mean? And again, like you, you, you might be right, Craig, but I just think like, I I don't fault the decision. I don't think there's, you want to, you want to, I guess, I guess the thing that the thing that I have issue with is you want to pin that on the coach. And I don't think, and I think that's a fine decision. I think there's other things that happen in the course of the game that I think are more directly. I uh, I think we're about to get there, but I, I would just say this, like, I, I understand your position. With this quarterback, I would rather them take four and a half minutes to score a touchdown and then set Taylor up to go have to get a field goal to win the game with two and a half minutes to go. And like, okay, they score the touchdown. It's a tie game. You're not losing the game that way. I think this puts a losing more directly on the table, which is why I would have been like, yeah, is it conservative? Yeah, are we turtling up? Yes, but I'm trusting Tressway to make them have to go 85, 90 yards and if they do that, okay, but it's going to take an amount of time that we then get the ball last. And that's where I'm like, I would live with that. And the chances there versus 
we're going to put the ball in the air. But there's a chance, higher chance of a turnover. And then you get the, I mean, who knows? But I th- it's I th- not I th- always going to go this way. I, think, like, I, think I understand support. what you're saying. I just, I would like my chances my way better. I think you support my point though. They did get the ball back and they went three and out. Right. And so when well, you have it's a, it's a different situation there, but, 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 but irrespective though, they had two and a half minutes left. They have the ball back. They need to go down and score some points. They go three and out. So I think what I'm saying to you is if you convert that ball there, you offensively win the game essentially. Right. I mean, not as, I mean, like you, you gain another 10 yards, you punt the football. I don't care. But I, I think this is, we have the, we have the benefit of hindsight bias here. And I think like you obviously at the time thought it was being too aggressive, I think if you, when you look at the play, when you look at the composition, when you look at the everything about that play, it should be a first down. Ball's a little high. Guy doesn't make a play, and that happens in football. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'd rather err going that direction than err going the other direction with an offense that's struggling the way they were. And at least they had some type of momentum at that point. And there's, you could ask a million people about this, and they'd probably give you a million different answers. But I just, I don't, I cannot fault the staff there for that decision. Because like you did, you like the offense got the ball back. They had the ball back with two forty left in the game. They go three and out. Like, it, yeah, it, which by, is also but, a, also a problem. Obviously, that's more of an execution problem. But I think like so. So to me, like I, I I'm pretty confident you punt the ball back to Minnesota. There, they they I don't know if they score a touchdown, but they're definitely going to score, right? They like just that was the way the game was going. The defense had been on the field too long. You can just kind of feel the ebbs and flow of it. And maybe that's just me playing with my gut, but. I know. I just think you gotta, you gotta, you can't go turtle there. You can't. It, there's, it's. That's how you well, lose football. So here's games. here's the other side of that though. Um, Minnesota gets into a four minute situation. It's really with about six minutes left, but they're clearly trying to bleed clock, and they just are able to run the ball six seven yards a chunk. And so like, there's also an execution issue that we're just giving kind of credence to the fact that Washington was running the ball for three and a half yards a carry. And like that was just kind of part of the equation as well. And so their lack of ability to execute pretty much anything offensively is like kind of the larger issue here. And obviously we'll get to a lot more detail on that on Wednesday's pod because you'll have a chance to watch the tape and understand, have a better understanding of why that happened both in the run and the pass game. But like there's also that element too where it's it's like, well, yeah, if, if you're able to run the ball for six, seven yards a clip when you need to late in the game, then running the ball and getting you're able to get those first downs or you're in a second and three instead of a second and 11. They're in second and 11, and Heineke's backpedaling like that uh, because they lost the yard on first down with a, a run to Gibson. So like these kinds of things tend to stack up as well. And overall, like the bigger problem is Heineke throws for like 150 something yards, 148 yards. I think something like something like that. Uh, 149 on 15 of 28. Uh, Robinson has, is averaging three, four a carry. Uh, Gibson is averaging three, three a carry. Um, again, they, they're back down to Curtis Samuel one early carry for 16 yards. And he never gets another carry again. And it's just the inconsistency overall offensively, um, puts them in a position where, Rivera burning two timeouts, one on a substitution issue and one on a terrible decision to challenge, um, puts them in a spot late where they don't have the timeouts to manage the game. Obviously, that's compounded by a bad decision not to use the timeout on the north side of the two-minute warning that cost them a ton of time. Uh, That is then compounded by not really emphasizing, hey guys, don't do anything dumb on this field goal attempt. Obviously, that's a huge error, mostly on John Ridgeway to commit that penalty. And then, you know, it's pretty much game over from there. So there's a lot of stuff, but it just adds up to 
a, a team that doesn't feel, you know, it's funny because Minnesota, they have this this situational masters thing. And it feels like the commanders are the opposite of that. And they've gotten away with it this year. Um, there's been multiple times. I actually, in part of my first and 10 on the show last Monday, said it's a miracle that this team is so good in one-score games because Rivera has made a bunch of decisions that make you question, like, are they trying to win in these situations? Like, that's not what you should do if you're trying to win. Obviously, I'm not saying he's tanking, but he's, he's not making good decisions in those situations. And again, those kinds of things creep up again. And against a better team in Minnesota, that's the margin between winning or losing. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think the challenge is probably challenge for a yard. You know, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't have done that. I think um, obviously well, also cha- you got to have your guys upstairs be like, no, Ron, bad. It's it's you're not going to win it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're having a hard time getting that communicated in some situations. Um, they're now one of four on the year. Yeah, um, and then the other thing about the timeout, the timeout for a personnel thing on a fourth down, like I'm okay with that. Yeah, you, know, you want to make sure that's right. And you do, but again, like a better coach team has that right the first time. Like you got those kinds of mistakes in a close game. You you can't afford them. I mean, what do you mean right the first time? Like you shouldn't, why, why are you having to burn that time out as opposed to having everybody ready to go? Well, I think uh, part of it is you, you think you might have the conversion and then you run the field goal team out or half the field goal teams out there. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, a, it, that is a tough communication time in the game. Right. And I think um, obviously, you know, you can rep that more, but in the moment, cause like the punt team's eligible to go out there, the field goal team's eligible to go out there and the offense is eligible to go out there. And so you're bound to kind of, if it's not communicated perfectly to all individuals involved, you're bound to have a tough go at it. So, you know, someone could have just made an assumption like, oh, hey, it's field goal. Let's go out here. And then all of a sudden it gets a little bit dicey. And then there's the substitutions within the offense. And at that moment in the game, even if they hadn't had a substitution issue, I I would have been okay with a timeout. I know it's the second half. It's a fourth and one. You got to get it right. You want to make sure you get the conversion. Ultimately, they don't get it right, but I think I'm okay with them taking a timeout to make sure you get even just the right play call. You know, like make sure Scott feels good about it. Make sure Taylor feels good about it. That's okay. The challenge to me, I'm on the same page with you. And then on the last drive of the game, you know, they had a third and four that Hawkinson converts, which is a, uh, I thought was a little tough because again, that just, that, that moment, it was about three minutes left in the game. And if you stop them there, they kick the field goal at that point. And then you have a whole bunch of runway. Again, great play by Benjamin St. Juiced on the uh, third and whatever, third and goal that eventually mm-hmm. forces the field goal after the the uh, the penalty, all that stuff. But, yeah, I, I really think it was more – obviously, like we, we, we mentioned the pick, uh, you know, whether or not they should have been throwing the football at that point I think is, you know, obviously up for debate. But um, I think to me it's the that third and four and then the, the, the field goal penalty that really kind of sealed the deal. Because you're in a situation, even with the interception – and then again, like the freaking three and out, man. Like that was that was a yeah. tough deal. That's a really tough deal to swallow that there. You know, it's tied up. You need a field goal. You need points on the board. And that's the best we got. And I understand the offense had been floundering all day. But, um, you know, I think overall, if I'm uh, – I think the defense did an excellent job. I think the offense – this is this is what in the pregame show, this is what we talked about last week. This is what we talked about the week before. Ultimately, if the offense is just a little bit more efficient, we're not having this conversation. Because, like, think about how many batted balls there were. Like, all of those things, which we just – this offense can't overcome, is just extremely frustrating. And I think, like, again, it's probably my offensive bias, but I look at this and I'm saying it shouldn't have even been this close. With how well the defense played, it shouldn't have been that close. So what is it about this offense that, like, initial reaction, obviously we'll get more on Wednesday's pod when you've had a chance to watch the tape, but, like, what's the, what's the issue with this offense? 
Well, right now it kind of feels like you got to have the perfect play called. You know, if you're Scott, you test it. It's, it's kind of like if anybody's coached any level and that and you're playing a better football team, um, and you just feel like your guys can't match up in one-on-one situations. Um, that's kind of what it feels like to me. And it's not that the skill position guys can't match up in one-on-one, but it, and it just really feels like unless you get kind of a, a plus effort from the guy running the route, catching the football, throwing the football, that it's not going to happen. I don't know if that's necessarily scheme. We've talked a little bit about the scheme and being a little bit conservative and being a little bit predictable at times offensively. But also I feel like there's an execution thing. Like I felt like, uh, you know, Taylor, you brought up this stat on the pregame show about how he has a difficult time with zone coverages. And I feel like you saw that at points in this game. Like he just looked like he couldn't couldn't quite see, couldn't quite decipher, couldn't quite manipulate. That's going to be a huge factor. The run game has been inefficient outside of the Green Bay game. And I think everyone kind of identifies that to beat this football team, like we can't let them run the football because they have a backup quarterback in at the moment who's who is good, but he's not great. And he's not going to win in football games um, consistently if you take away the run game. And I think that that's kind of this, that's the formula that Minnesota brought today. I mean, their defense did an excellent job. Darius Smith, Danelle Hunter, all those guys deserve A plus. You know, they're just awesome football players. But to me, that's what it is. It's like, can you get more efficient? If, if you got to live and die by the run, you better be really good at it. And I just feel like they're okay at it at the moment. And that's not an indictment of, the blockers or the runners. I just feel like schematically there's some things that you can do to elevate that group a little bit. And I'd like to see that, if, especially if this is who you want to be, if this is your identity, be more efficient at it, be more efficient. And um, I think if you're going to be more efficient running the football, you need to be more efficient with your play pass stuff, quite frankly, because one of the things Their about play running pass stuff is just awful. One of the things you're in the NFL, you know, you need some type of misdirection. You need some type of doubt to kind of put those guys, the defense in conflict. And right now, the play pass isn't good enough to do that. The run game's okay, but there's no play pass element off of it to kind of cause confusion or consternation. You don't run a lot of keepers. I think there's probably one or two a game. When you look at Minnesota on the first drive, they run three or four. And even though they're not working, at least it gives the defense a moment's pause of like, what am I actually supposed to be doing on this play? So, and I know that's not this team's identity, but finding little wrinkles, jet sweeps, um, little little variations to kind of, just just get get them off focus and again that's what i'm saying if you want to be major in that you better kind of look at explore all wrinkles because i don't think up front you're good enough to just you know mollywop people and i think you've got some good backs but they're not you know adrian peterson necessarily so that's kind of my thought at the moment is like when you watch tennessee tennessee is a team that has to run the football like they major in that they know what they're doing they're running off the ball they're moving people they're playing confident and there's a lot of wrinkles off of that package so to me that's something again that i've been kind of beating the drum for for a while but i think this offense isn't designed necessarily to have you majoring in the run game it's supposed to be able to throw the ball a little bit and they aren't there yet so they need to kind of shift focus especially if they're going to be a run first football team well and they they just don't use their weapons well um you know curtis again like we were talking about the the couple games they win he's more involved in the run game that's part of it zero catches for tight ends today yeah, I mean, Armani has the the end around, which is really nice. And you watch him run on that, and you're like, you got to find a way to get that that guy the ball two to three times a game. Logan Thomas, one of your highest paid players, a uh, guy that you re-signed because he's really talented. Uh, no, no, like last week, I didn't even know if he like. I know he was like a game time decision because yeah. he was coming back from whatever the injury was. 
And I, I actually had to go back and look at snap counts to see if he played last week. Sure. Um, he's a complete non-factor, a little bit more of a factor today, and then he gets a couple of targets. Bates, same thing, no catches. Like, how, how thinking back to how high we were on this tight end group going into the season, to, to go through a game where they don't have any catches. Just, Bates, had a, Bates had a catch on the screen. Oh, we had the one. Yes, yeah, I yeah. beg your pardon. One but catch it, for five yards. That is that was just, the only just tight so end. we don't just so we don't get fact check later. Yeah, um, it's well the tight end fact checking department. We know it's that's you. So uh, yeah, one catch for five yards from your tight ends, but it's just it's just not good enough. And you know, someone tweeted back at me during the game, and I I was tweeting about Rodgers, and I was like, man, this dude's a special athlete. And it's like you know we have so many special athletes and so few points. And until they solve that mystery. Um, and this is also going to play into the quarterback decision uh, in terms of what happens. Wentz out at least one more week. Uh, that week is against Philadelphia, who's mm-hmm. currently undefeated in the best yeah. team in the NFL, arguably at least. Um, I think you have a stronger argument today after the Bills go down to the Jets, which we, of course, all saw coming. Um, <laughs> Chiefs yet to play as a recording of this podcast tonight. But, like, unless they go out on a Monday night at Philly and beat Philly, like, we're, well, that's going to be a real interesting, especially on a short week. Do you bring Carson back? You stay with Taylor, you know, do you start to get house or more reps in practice and move towards him? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting stuff to come. I think for right now against Philly, it's not like a savior season situation, but like realistically, if you want to stay in this, this last playoff uh, spot and stay in that chase, like that's a game that, and, and also just from a belief standpoint, like that's a game you got to come out and be competitive in. Nevertheless, uh, try to win. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, be competitive in for sure. And I think if the defense plays like this, they'll be competitive. I think th- this is a good – the defense did an excellent job. And I can't yeah. overstate that. Like, they deserve a ton of credit. And they showed great resiliency. Even after the big catch to Jeff and Je- Justin Jefferson, like, for them to kind of show the resolve, I think it ends up with a field goal there. Like, that's that's good stuff. For them to get the interception right before half, that's amazing stuff. And – the uh, Benjamin St. Juice matching up. I know uh, Justin Jefferson had a great day, but for him to go toe to toe with that guy and have a guy in your roster that can do that, Cam Curl making tackles all over the field in the run game. I know he gets beat by Cooks on the touchdown, but that's tough. They're in good relationship. I'm, I'm really, I'm so happy with where the group is at because this is kind of where we thought they could get to, mm-hmm. and I, I think like this defense is good enough to beat Philadelphia, and the special teams unit played well enough to beat Philadelphia today. The one variable that has not played very well. I mean, Gibson has a 50-yard return today, right? The special yeah. teams is consistently getting touchdown touchbacks. You know, Percy Butler, Christian Holmes, those guys are, you know, Kalik Hudson being the PP on your special teams. Those guys are making plays for you. And the fact that those two phases are playing well enough to beat maybe the best team in football is very, very encouraging. Very, very encouraging. And then the offense is kind of, it's, I don't want to say it's dragging this group down, but like that's kind of the vision I'm getting, right? You can't convert. You, like the the offensive drives they were able to maintain were all were, were predominantly sustained by penalties. 
And I three, again, three first downs on penalty in a game, and they all came in super key situations. Yeah, and it's and it's a moment where you got to score touchdowns. And again, you, you I like I love the play call to Dax Mill for the touchdown. Um, but even the touchdown that they did score to Curtis is a little bit lucky. So yeah. to me, if I'm if I'm Ron, and you know, we already talked about some of the coaching shortcomings in terms of you know the challenge. I think Ron would like to probably do that over. I don't mind the timeout, and the defense kind of fell down a little bit at the very very end. But they gave you the ball back with two minutes and 45 seconds left. Then they even got you the ball back one more time. You know, and again, they could have got it back sooner. Sands the special teams penalty on the field goal. But golly, if I'm the if I'm the OC, if I'm an offensive football player, I look at this and I say to myself, we really, we really dropped the ball here. And look at that interception, which we talked about a ton of. Like that happens with how much time left in the game? Seven, what how much time was seven minutes left? uh yeah basically oh my gosh and then they you know it wasn't like they just went down and scored it was a struggle for them to score and they were on like the 30 yard line it's it's frustrating i know when we were talking about all these little details at the end of the game which are important to talk about but i think the larger picture here is that the offense um is just not where it needs to be in order to be an effective group at this moment yeah, uh, definitely very frustrating. Uh, they will get back to it. They have a slightly longer week. Monday Night Football is next against the Eagles. That, of course, a week from tomorrow night. Uh, that'll do for the Instant Reaction Pod. We will have more, of course, on the radio, 3 to 6 p.m. I'm there for the Hoffman Show and the Team 980. And then a fresh podcast for you comes out first thing Wednesday morning. So wherever you're listening right now, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can certainly subscribe and like this show. And that will help other people find it, which is nice. Spread the wealth. Spread the joy. Uh, for Logan Paulson, I'm Craig Hoffman. And we will see you Wednesday right back here on Take Me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 